In Dick of the Week, we talk about dirty stuff and use dirty language. We're rated M for mature. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick Dick. Dick of the Week. Dick Dick. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick of the Week. Dick Dick. Dick of the Week. Give me that D, yo. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Dick of the Week. Uh, it is I, Liz, and I am doing another mini episode. Um, so the podcast within the podcast, Dicking Around with Liz. Um, doing things a little bit differently this time. I asked the general audience if they had any questions Um posted on Facebook and Twitter asking people if there was any questions that they had specifically for me about me or romance or my opinions on anything romance genre related. So first off, uh, what have I been reading? Um, I'm at least starting to read a little bit more, so that's great. Currently in the middle of a book called Porn Star by Laurelyn Page and Sierra Simon or Simone on Simone, Sierra Simone. I wouldn't normally have picked up this book, but my friend Erin, hi Erin, said that she had started it and was enjoying it, um, and it's actually quite interesting. It's about two people within the porn industry falling in love, and I also just finished reading Liar Liar Hearts on Fire by Pippa Grant, and I enjoyed that one. I quite enjoy most of Pippa's books. She's funny. Um, she writes a lot of rom-coms. Uh, this was book three of the Bro Code, um, the Bro Code series, uh, which is about a bunch of ex-boy banders. So that's fun. Anyway, that is that for now. Let me just jump right in to the questions. Uh, the first question is from my friend Stephen. He wanted me to look through Twitter and look at. Uh, tweets regarding the musical Love Never Dies, since last weekend Andrew Lloyd Webber had it available for people to watch for free on YouTube for a couple days. For those of you who don't know, Love Never Dies is the sequel to his popular musical Phantom of the Opera, and I have made it clear that I'm obsessed with pretty much all things Phantom of the Opera related, both musical and book related. Um, have not seen Love Never Dies, though. I meant to watch it this past weekend, and time just got away from me. Um, if I care that much, I will rent it or buy it on Amazon at some point, and it'll be fine. But it's apparently not a good musical. It's ridiculous. So Stephen wanted me to specifically look at tweets of people talking about how Love Never Dies is pretty much Andrew Lloyd Webber doing fan fiction, which I would have to agree for several reasons. First off... It's an adaptation of the original novel from the 1900s, Phantom of the Opera. And really, adaptation is just a fancy word for fan fiction. Andrew Lloyd Webber pretty much already wrote fan fiction with his original musical. Now, take it a step further, and Love Never Dies is based off someone else's book, The Phantom of Manhattan by Frederick Forsyth. And he more or less wrote fan fiction because it is the sequel to the novel. But in the novel, Phantom slash Eric dies. He's dead at the end. So there can't be a sequel where he's the main character. So Frederick uses the ending to Andrew Lloyd Webber's where 
the phantom escapes and gets away. Because uh, in his version, he escapes and goes to New York City. So, yes, I do think that it is fan fiction. Uh, Not a romance, though. I know that wasn't the question, but it is a love story or a book or musical that has a love story, but it is not a romance because there is not a happy ending for anybody, really. So that's that. Okay, so our next question is from Ella Fritz, who is a St. Louis local comedian and improver. She writes, if you could reconstruct the romance writing world in a way that, in your expert opinion, would make it better, what would you do? Well, first off, that is very sweet of you for you to uh, say expert opinion. I am not an expert in any of this, but, you know, I feel like this is a, a question that really could be like a full episode worth of discussing um, and I think it would be an interesting conversation to have with Stephanie or other people um, but to keep things short and easy since I'm by myself I think there needs to be a shift in representation definitely um, I mean that's been something we've talked about a whole bunch on this show before that there's so many people that are underrepresented in the romance world. I mean, across the board, in all genres, in all films, TV, all that. But it was becoming very obvious the last few years in romance that A, not only are there not many books about people of color or people of different ethnicities or people with disabilities or people with different illnesses, um, there weren't many people who could qualify as those things also writing. The Own Voices books became... A much bigger deal especially in like YA and other genres and it's definitely increasing in romance which is wonderful um because that stuff matters like not only straight white people fall in love and that needs to be represented better in the romance world I think that it is definitely getting better minorly <laughs> there's a lot of work that needs to be done to make that better uh and it's interesting because my focus typically is in within um, the indie world, but I do read a good amount of traditionally published romance as well. And I think the whole illustrated cover trend has become a bigger deal because uh, there are more people of color um, and different ethnicities that are the main characters in books. And there is a problem with some white people don't want to read books that have a black model or, you know an Indian model or whatever ethnicity they might be, whether it's male or female. So the illustrated books are kind of like a, a way to make it more appealing, which is disgusting to think about. But the reason I personally like it uh, is because it's really difficult unless you have the ability to hire models and hire a photographer to find stock photos online that are what you need for your cover. So hiring an illustrator to make a cover that looks really pretty and is what you're wanting is an easier thing to do than finding models, um, whether it's interracial couples or you know, two Chinese people or whatever it is you're needing that look the way you want them to look and work on the cover, it's a lot more difficult to find than just your generic white people. So I think just diversity in general and accessibility to people who are both readers and writers would be my ideal thing right now of what should be fixed within the romance world. 
and let's see. Oh, this next question comes from James Anderson. Hi, James. You can find him on Twitter at Unabashed James. He's a wonderful podcaster. He has a bunch of different shows, a bunch of different projects that he's working on all the time. And he's a good friend of mine. So I was happy that he sent me a question. James asks, how do I think quarantine slash COVID-19 will affect the genre, both in numbers of books written or sold? And how it will affect plots, such as we found ourselves quarantined together, or he broke quarantine for me. Well, that's really interesting. There are already a lot of books that are using the quarantine pandemic plotline. Because, I mean, it's like, oh, our car broke down and now we're stuck together. Or at wintertime, it's always, oh, snowed in with my boss at the cabin. Like, that forced proximity thing is already pretty common um, so it, it doesn't surprise me that the leap was already made to be including quarantine COVID-19 stuff. I think it's a little weird to profit off what's happening right now. Like, it's not exactly my cup of tea. Like, if this is the new normal and we get quarantined every year uh, for a chunk of time, then okay. But like, I personally don't think I'm going to be writing any oopsies. I was quarantined with my coworker, who is also my sworn enemy, and now we're going to fall in love, which you know that is already a book. Actually, it is a book. Uh, because I made a list of ones I could find. I went to Amazon, and I'm going to read you a couple of these uh, because it is shocking how fast these were written and published, which I don't know. My guess is the majority of them aren't great because of that, uh, but some people can write really fast and have good editors. Okay. <clears throat> Quarantined with my professor by Carol Adams. You know, I, I should really write these things better. That came out on March 21st, and it's a book one of a series, so I assume she plans or if she has partners to, that they'll publish within the same series. So she has uh, more books coming out. Kings of Quarantine, a dark high school bully romance, brutal boys of Everlake prep school, book one. That is a mouthful, y'all. By Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valentine. Um, this is apparently also Reverse har Harem, which is incredibly popular, especially within indie um, books, especially within Kindle Unlimited. And someone wrote that it's a MMFMM. So male, male, female, male, male. This was published April 19th. So they at least, you know, had like a month <laughs> to write that book. This one actually sounded a little interesting to me. It's called Sissies in Quarantine, a transgender romance novel by Nikki Crescent. And this was published March 25th. So that's even, oh no, that's not, that's not um, before the other one, but that was still pretty fast. This isn't actually specifically about COVID-19, but it's obviously inspired by it. It's a different virus that happens. And these two brothers get trapped in like a sex store and I'm, that's all I really know about it because I didn't read much more. Um, <laughs> then there is a series that is unexpectedly sequestered together short read series. So these are like books that are, I can't even say books, they're short stories, but they're published individually and they're like less than 50 pages. And this one gives you the option of an office setting trapped in the arena. So I'm guessing sports and an island. That first book came out March 13th. And again, yes, it's it's not a book because it's only like 30 or 40, 50 pages. 
But I wasn't even working from home yet. I started working from home like later that week. So this occurred real fast. And then there's Love in the Time of COVID, which is uh, part one and part two. And it's two different collections of romance of romance short stories that first one was published March 28th so that means like four or five different writers real quickly wrote short stories that then someone put together and published into an anthology like my brain is just what like you know I I, maybe some people are just becoming extra creative because of this free time but whereas my brain is just like dead zone but it shocked me um, so yes, James, that is already happening and I'm guessing will just continue to happen. Though I will say, I will be shocked if I see any of these quarantine related books happening within the traditionally published world because the time frame of how long it takes for those books to be accepted by the publisher, edited, worked, like it is a much longer process. Like the way that indie public indie authors try to crank out books every few months typically traditionally published books are like one maybe two a year so I feel like by the time they would actually be ready to be published people would be kind of sick of hearing anything quarantine related but I don't know we shall have to wait and see in terms of the market of the number of books written and the number of books being purchased again I think it really depends if you're looking at indie or traditionally published Indie, I'm guessing, is doing crazy well right now. Indie publishers, or indie authors, I mean, are working hard or trying their best. You know, it's again, it's very difficult. Some people are now teaching, from, you know, their student or their kids from home. Like, they didn't sign up to be a teacher, but now they are. Or other various things that could be causing issues that maybe they're not writing as quickly. But I would guess that a lot of writers are trying to get um, their books out as quickly as possible in indie publishing. So people who don't have anything else to do can spend their money buying books. The flip side of that, you know, some people are having to be more restrictive with their spending. So my guess again is indie will see an up and traditional will probably be about the same or less only because you can buy indie books for like 99 cents to $3 typically, or if you have Kindle Unlimited, you already have all these books available, whereas traditionally published books, even the ebooks are typically like $9.99 to $10. So if someone's wanting to read romance and they're on a budget, they'll do the cheaper books that they can get more of, my guess. Again, I haven't done any research on the market, but it will be interesting to see how that all plays out as the months keep going by. Which, please, God, please don't let this go on for many more months. Oh, my God. But that's a different situation altogether. Okay, last question comes from my friend Erin that I know from college. How can you write steamy scenes in unique ways that don't sound forced or contrived? Sex scenes. Oh my god. We really should, again, do a whole entire episode on sex scenes alone because it is tricky. And I think that's why... 
It's so easy to write a bad sex scene, and I think that's why some people poo-poo romance novels because they just assume it's all going to be cheesy and lame. Um, I think what makes a good sex scene good, a few things. The characters themselves. They still are characters. They still need to be interacting with each other. They need to be having good dialogue. They need to not be just like two-dimensional things that it's just like... And then he touched her boob. And then she pulled down his boxers and revealed his shaft. It needs to be more than that. Like, there, it's so easy to fall into cliches and also to forget that these are your characters that up until this point you've been writing in interesting ways. So why should that stop just because they're banging? So I think, you know, interesting conversation between the two and not just like, oh yes, more please is important. Stephanie and I both enjoy humor in our sex scenes because I mean, sex is weird and can be uncomfortable and silly. So like might as well make your sex scene silly too. Obviously that doesn't work for everybody, but I think having a little bit of humor in there makes it a little bit more human and realistic. You know, this is a topic that honestly, you could talk to 10 different romance writers and that give you 10 different answers. I think practice is a huge deal. Reading a lot of romance novels definitely helps so you can kind of see what you personally like and don't like. Um, that you can uh, avoid those things you don't like. Having it not be forced, I mean, I mean that in several ways, obviously consent is incredibly important, but just the writing not feel forced is important to me. And honestly, when I'm writing a sex scene, if I'm don't, like if I am bored by it, then obviously my writers are gonna be bored. Like if I think it's like, ugh, like let's just write this to get it done with so I can move to the next thing, that sex scene doesn't need to exist maybe they don't need to be banging right now. If it's something that I write or read or whatever, and I'm like, yes, please give me more, then I feel like that will be felt by the reader too. I mean, obviously not everyone likes the same things, but I still think that matters. Like if you're not into your own sex scene that you're writing, no one else will be either. And it will feel forced and, con and contrived. I don't feel like you have to always reinvent the wheel. Like not everything has to suddenly be like, oh, and, and now we're trying all these new things and new positions and new toys. If that's what you're into, do it. But I think it is important that your sex scenes match your characters and match the heat level that you're wanting the entire book to feel. Like if most of it feels lighthearted and flirty but not all that sexy then suddenly you have this really intense BDSM sex scene like that's gonna be jarring and weird unless it's part of the plot for some reason like maybe if you know one of the characters is bored and wanting to try things and that's so that different but I think it all does have to represent your characters well and I think if your characters are well developed the sex scenes will clearly represent that. So there is tons and tons of resources out on the internet. If you Google, you know, how to write a good sex scene, there's, oh my God, countless YouTube videos of people discussing this. There's books that are useful. There's books that are not useful. So, you know, I don't think any particular advice is going to magically make it easier or better, but I do think the more you study it and the more you read other people's books that you enjoy, the easier it does become for you to write your own. So hopefully that wasn't just rambling nonsense and helped a little bit. <laughs> that is all of the questions I've received. 
If anyone else has any questions, I want to throw them my way or Stephanie's way whenever we're back together. You can always find us on Twitter at LNL Smutcast, or you can find me specifically on Twitter at Zerkinator, which is Z E R K I N A T O R. I'm pretty active on both of those accounts and will interact with you and love to talk to people. So hit us up if you have anything else you want us to talk about, whether in a mini episode like this or a topic that you think deserves a full hour-long Dick of the Week episode, because we always love getting suggestions like that. Anyway, I am going to call that good. <laughs> I'm sorry, like I feel I feel real weird right now. I'm never podcast in the daytime and like I got off work at 4 30 and then immediately made myself a drink and then got my podcast set up and started talking (laughs) so I feel like I haven't like decompressed my brain from work time so hopefully this doesn't suck (laughs) anyway thank you for joining me and we will talk to you soon bye thank you for listening We would love to hear from you, so contact us at lnlsmutcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at lnlsmutcast. Find episodes of this and other great shows at calamitycast.com or wherever you find your podcast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Dick of the Week. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.